1: To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there is ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. LinkedIn is the channel that you can find me on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references social capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you first have to understand that ideal customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. The topic of relationships ties very closely to marketing. That's why I'm bringing on marketing expertise um, with a variety of backgrounds just for you. All right. So today's guest is Henry DeVries, rhymes with cheese, I just learned. MBA. He's the CEO of Indie Books International, a company he co-founded in 2014 to work with agency owners and strategic consultants who want to attract right fit clients by marketing with a book and speech. He's the author of 17 books, including marketing with a book for agency owners. Since 2010, he has ghostwritten, co-authored, and published more than 300 business books, including his McGraw-Hill bestseller, How to Close a Deal Like Warren Buffett. Henry's articles have appeared in Forbes.com, The Associated Press, and various magazines. He can be reached at Henry at IndieBooksINTL.com. And you can learn more about Henry by visiting the website for IndieBooks International, IndieBooksINTL.com. All right, Henry,
0: welcome to the show. Lori, I am so excited to be here and talk about how your listeners can use authority marketing. And as you know, I'm the book guy, so we'll certainly talk about books.
1: You are the book guy. And I would say a good strategy for business owners is to get your name out there. And from a sales and new business perspective, a book can be extremely powerful. So let's let's talk about that. Tell me about the nine ways busy business people use to write a book.
0: Well, most people think about the way to write a book is what we call the misery approach uh, named after the Stephen King movie and novel. They think they need to lock themselves away in a cabin and not come out until the book's done. Uh, And that's, that's one way I've locked myself in. I don't go cabins. I go nice resort hotels, but I've locked myself up in a resort hotel for six days and came out with a manuscript though. I don't recommend it. There, there are eight other ways that are much better. Um, there's certainly the blog to book. I call that the uh, Julia and Julia approach after the woman who cooked every recipe in the Julia Child's cookbook blogged about it, then wrote a book about it, and they made a major motion picture with uh, Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. So blog to book, you can do that. Um, Getting a co-author. I have worked with Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager and he told me, you know, Henry, I've uh, I've never written a book. And I said, Ken, you're pulling my leg. You've written over 50. And he said, no, I've co-authored 50 books. I know what I know. I want to know what somebody else knows. And he always takes energy from that exchange. Sure. Uh, another way is hire a developmental editor. Um, a developmental editor is different than a copy editor or line editor. This is a co-creator. That's This is my signature offering. I I do about uh, 24 of these a year where I'll be the developmental editor on a book. Um, there's the early riser approach. Uh, Deepak Chopra talked about this uh, in the LA Times where he gets up at 4.30, writes on his next book from 4.30 to 6.30 a.m. and then you know uses the rest of the day for whatever. Um, not everybody wants to get up that early. There's the ghostwriter, where you hire somebody to write. Um, I got a call one day, this woman uh, said, is this Henry DeVries? I said, yes. Henry DeVries, the ghostwriter? I said, well, yes. She says, well, my story takes place on Halloween. It's in an old mansion. (laughs) A thunderstorm is going on. They're having a seance in the mansion to contact the soul of the dead owner. And I said, I got to stop you right there. I'm not that kind of ghostwriter. So, business people use me, CEOs, and other people, um, and I'm thanked as their editor in the back of the book. But really, they're too busy to write the book. I do it for them. Um, There's interviews to books. I do this a lot where I'll come in and I'll uh, interview people, transcribe it, and then take the transcriptions, put it together, and clean that up. And it's a book. There's some planning on the front end. Uh, You don't just do it by seat of the pants, you have a blueprint. we, we mentioned blog to book, but podcast to book. You could take these podcasts, you could transcribe them uh, with an editor, uh, figure out which ones you want. I, I helped Sarah Katz um, with her agency in New York City, and they had a very successful podcast for years. And we turned the podcast episodes into a book, and that's been doing very well for her. Oh. Um, and uh, the last one is the workshop to book where people might have a successful 3-hour workshop i've helped some several people who've had a very successful workshop and then we took the workshop and we're turning the workshop into a book uh, now you know like a film is different than uh, a book uh, you know a workshop is different than a book we've got to tailor it for the audience but that's where the content generated so a lot of people have more assets then they realized to get a book done, I help them uncover their hidden assets.
1: Oh, I feel like I have so many different books now that I should write based on everything you just said.
0: <laughs> well, as Warren Buffett said, don't ask your barber if you need a haircut. So don't ask the book guy if he thinks you should have a book right, for it. Right, I, know.
1: I know. <laughs> it's on the to-do list. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I we were we're kind of redoing our website right now and just took a look. We have over 400 blogs on that. You know, I've got two different podcasts and that's over 400 episodes um between the two podcasts that I've got. I mean, there's I, I've done workshops, I've done lectures. There's lots of different ways that um the content's there.
0: You've got the content by a boatload.
1: I do. I sure you do, just to
0: <laughs> Lori. I don't see a book in your future.
1: No, not at I all. I see books, <laughs> I plural,
0: in your future. Because oh enough, boy, oh boy, doesn't do one book and that's everything they have to say. They, uh, they do.
1: no, I have a that's lot. Why
0: I've written seventeen.
1: <laughs> Henry, how does a book help with your authority marketing efforts? You kind of opened with that earlier. Oh, yeah, well
0: that's uh, as our. Friends at uh, Predictive ROI and uh, Agency Management Institute say um, a book can be the cornerstone for your authority marketing. And then the real leverage is talking about that, doing like I'm doing here on a podcast with you, or um, I'm going to be giving a speech tomorrow at uh, University of California at Irvine at their Innovation Center. And a lot of these come from the writing that I do and being an author and that makes sense to be on a stage so you use the book as the authority marketing tool your sales strategy is talking about the book and that's what gets you right fit prospects into your sales pipeline
1: yep love that that just makes so much sense um why do you say publishing the book is the starting line and not the finish line? You kind of alluded to that a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, there's so many people out there that they're all about the book, about coaching you to write the book and uh, or, or writing the book for you or they're a publishing service and you get your book out. But let me give your audience a hard truth. Nobody gets discovered because they write a book. It's like nobody gets discovered because they put a website up on the internet. Um, Books don't promote authors. Authors promote books. And in the promotion of the book, with the spotlight being on the book, it reflects on you and attracts people who want to have conversations with you about what you do and how you solve problems for people like them. So we say publishing the book is the starting line. And it's a marathon, not a sprint. This is a long race you're going to be going on. And I have some minimum monthly requirements for my authors. Here they are. One, do two showcase speeches a month, either podcasts or something you host, uh, like a QA and a session, or on somebody else's stage where you're a virtual presenter or even live, like I'm doing tomorrow, two of those a month, and then send 20 books out a month to people who could book you as a speaker, book you as a podcast or TV show guest, or could actually hire you for your service. And if you do that on a consistent basis, um, you're going to sell enough books to pay for the whole effort and then we have measured a return on investment of 4x to 20x. Uh, In other words, if people put in, let's say 25,000 into this effort, they should get 100 to 250,000 to a half million back in extra revenue. And we have a, a study that shows that, and people are on record with the amount of money that the book has made them. And we're out there with measurable results, testimonials to prove it.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's it. It totally makes sense. I mean, yeah, the book is not the finish line. That's just kind of the, the getting started. That's the one piece you need to really get, get the attention of that audience Um, and just kind of going all in on the different avenues that you could do that from a, you know, marketing perspective. I love that
0: mentor said it's the ticket to play. You know, uh-huh. this is the ticket to get you into the game and, and play, um, to be the author of the book.
1: Yep. Fantastic. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you some fun questions now, Henry. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career?
0: I love this because I would go back to my 20-year-old self and, and tell him, don't be so anxious about all this. It really works out. Um, you you get a, a funny, smart, beautiful wife. Uh, you have children. Um, you live uh, by the ocean where you want to live. You have season tickets to two different baseball teams. Mm-hmm. Life's great. <laughs> but then I'd say, well, well, how do we get there? Yeah. I said, well, um, I would have started a business sooner. I was forty-two years old. I had earned my uh, MBA. Um, working for the man, working on Maggie's farm, if you uh, like Bob Dylan. So, and then I decided, huh, I think it would be better if I was in business for myself. I read a book that changed my life. The title of the book was Die Broke. It was so funny. It's, it was said it's not about amassing all this money. It's about creating streams of revenue that will keep giving you revenue for your life. So it'll give you cash flow and time to enjoy life. One of the other um, tenets of the book was quit today. So quit the corporate struggle today and form your own business so that you have control of your life and control of your business. So it was so comforting that there could never be one phone call or one memo that put me out of business. Um, you know, I, I had a variety of clients. Um, do, do we have time for a little story on that?
1: Sure, go for it. So, Let's so, hear it. So
0: my, my father was a, a dairy farmer. And, uh, you know, so this kind of life was strange to him that I was leading. But I told him about my idea. Instead of having one boss or four big clients, I was going to have 20 little clients that all paid me money. And I was trying to figure out, you know, with my MBA, how I would explain it to my uh, father. And my father said, hey, you remember Charlie Weaver? You know, when we had the horses, Charlie Weaver, uh, people who bought a racehorse, and they needed somebody to take care of it and race it, they would hire Charlie and he had like these strings of all these independent horses. And he could get more out of a horse than any trainer I knew. And I mean, he would get these bad horses to finish fourth in the money. And they weren't money losers for these people. They were money makers. Well, this got the attention of one of the big thoroughbred farms in Kentucky. And they wooed him away and said, come work for us. We'll give you top facilities. We'll give you top money. Um, You won't have to worry about finding clients anymore. Uh, You'll have the best of everything. So Charlie took the job. And then every day the owner came out and would ask him questions like, well, Charlie, why are you using that jockey next week? And well, why are you training him on the half mile track? And uh, why are you feeding in so many oats? And he just would pester him with questions all the time. Henry, Charlie took to drinking. He mm-hmm. became an alcoholic, a drunk. We lost sight of him. Nobody knows where Charlie is. And then there was a long pause. My dad said, you know, I think this idea of having 20 little clients instead of one big one is a good one. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing um, I would give that advice to is it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, no offense to you or or your work or anything, because I know, you know, it's relationships too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not about strangers on the internet and some transaction um and when I went to go out on my own my database was my best asset of all these people I knew and I had done favors for and I continued to do favors for people and a funny thing happens the more favors I do for people the more generous I am the luckier I get in business yep it's
1: funny how that happens hey funny how that works (laughs) give 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 right
0: Give until it hurts.
1: Well, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what we do for sure, without a doubt. Um, that being said here, all right, Henry, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me?
0: Well, what is your point of view? What is your key piece of advice that you go and share with business owners? Oh,
1: that's so broad. New business owners, established business owners, <laughs> What around,
0: t- around what, running a business, marketing? narrow it down. An agency owner with five to 200 employees and they have a dry sales pipeline and they want to find more right fit clients, what are you going to tell them are the best things that they can do?
1: I, well, I would say 100% get out there, build relationships, tap into the network that you have and continue to show your expertise and, and give. Give your expertise and educate people on why these things are important from a marketing standpoint. Um, there's a lot of things that we're doing in the digital space and that that world is changing so fast right now um, that that's all we can do is we're educating ourselves and then, you know, regurgitating the information we're learning and educating our audience with that. And I think that's extremely important to do. So um, whether it's through, yeah, a book, a podcast, a webinar, a blog, in-person seminar, whatever it is, it's just continue to, to share your knowledge and show your
0: expertise to the world. Well, let me get to another specific question, Lori. Building the opt-in email list. Um, In publishing, we call it the platform. If I'm going to land a a client with a big publisher, the first thing they ask me is about what kind of opt-in email list do they have? So how do we go about, uh, and and I assume we're in a niche or we've super niched. um, How do we attract those people where they will actually give us their name and email address and want to receive material from us. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I I agree 100%. The quality of your email list, and actually I had this conversation with someone today is probably, in my opinion, one of the most valuable digital marketing tools and assets that you can have is that email list. Um, it is extremely powerful. And that's a whole nother tangent to go on. Um, maybe I'll write about it on LinkedIn here, (laughs) but yeah, um, how to build that is all about giving, giving that quality content away. So you're giving away quality content, but then you also are offering a gated piece. That's even better, higher quality content. And what I tell our clients, whenever there's any sort of gated content is, You know, people are actually paying for this, so it needs to be high quality content, but their form of payment is their contact information, their email address or their phone number if you want to do some sort of a texting campaign. Um, So it can't just be a, a, you know, a, a mediocre piece, it has to be something of high value so that they are confident in what they paid, which was their contact information in exchange for the information that you gave them.
0: High value and gated. I love those concepts um, because that's really what it's about. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people call them lead magnets, a tool or checklists or a valuable assessment. Um, One of mine is I go into detail on the nine ways to write a book and get specific on the how-to so somebody can see their options. So, you know, and we're always looking to, to build more. Uh, that people would really feel valuable. So some of that, I imagine, is the scientific method where you have a theory, uh, you have a hypothesis, and you need to go out and test it. And uh, the the public, the target audience will tell you if the experiment was successful or not by their clicks, their votes, their voting with their name and email.
1: Yeah. Yeah that that's exactly what that is. All right, we're getting near the end here. So, um Henry, any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: Well, this is important advice. I have something I do want to share. And when we're doing all these things, people are going to contact us and ask us questions. And I call them good questions. They're good questions like could we meet to talk about us working together or would you like to be on my podcast or they might like to say would you like to speak at our upcoming conference or could I write an article about you in a, in a publication like forbes.com <laughs> so whenever you get one of these good questions here's what I want you to do number 1 pause 3 seconds for dignity take a pause smile and then say thank you for asking and do it. We don't want to be too eager. Yes. Would you like to be on my pot Yes. You know, it's like <laughs> a little nervous, make be thoughtful about something and then, and then say, thank you for asking. So you acknowledge the person who made the offer and what it is. So there's my advice. Pause three seconds for dig, dignity and say, thank you for asking.
1: Fantastic. I love that. I'm going to remember that one because um, I'm a quick yes person. Someone <laughs> asked me that. So I appreciate that. Henry, I know I we shared your contact info uh, at the start of this episode, but if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you?
0: Well, and I'd like to make a free offer. So they can send me an email at henry at henryindiebooksintl.com. That's not my clone. It's not my robot. That's me. Uh, I look at everything. And If you'd like a free copy of my book, Marketing with a Book, or a free copy of my book, Persuade with a Story, I'd be happy to send you a a digital PDF copy of those books uh, on me. It's my gift to you for being a listener of Lori.
1: Awesome. And all that information will be included in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Henry. Thank you, Lori. All right, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Henry for taking the time to connect. If you have a burning marketing or relationship question, reach out. I'd love to answer it on the show. And as mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you enjoyed today <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's show. Go out there and get noticed.
0: That's all for this episode of the Social Capital
1: Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.